Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fan-Sided Podcast Network. My name is Robert Morrison, a contributor at NinerNoise.com, and back with me from parts unknown yet again. Man, this this guy's always all over the place. Uh, fellow contributor, Akshaz Divadula. Akshaz, welcome back, and uh, how are you doing, man? Doing great, Robert. Um, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a busy week. Wasn't able to recap the Cardinals game, but... You and Peter did a terrific job as always, and you know it was a it was an interesting game. Uh, I'll throw my thoughts in because I love talking. Yeah, I was gonna say, go ahead. Uh, that's why we do this thing. Uh, probably, I'd say the worst game the 49ers played, other than the Bengals game. I truly do think that, and they just made it look easy at some point, defensively mm-hmm. especially. And that's like, I love that this is where we've kind of gone to, and it's because of Brock Purdy that like this team for as good as its defense is, and it's like first, second or third best defense in the NFL. Like the offense is clearly the strong point here. That's where everything like happens. And the fact that the 49ers have made that transition, I mean, that's elite elite stuff. That's the kind of stuff that you were hoping would happen in 2019. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you kind of willed in 2020, 2021, but I mean, it was an ugly game. The Cardinals put up a ton of yards, but, you know, in what I would consider, like, the ultimate trap game of you just finished this, like, gauntlet three-game stretch. You know, a couple of big players are out in Hargrave and Armstead. You see the Ravens coming up. The Cardinals, you know, clearly in a rebuild. I mean, it's a game that you're ready to give away, and the 49ers almost did, but, you know, great players came to play, and, Mm-hmm. They got it done. Yeah, um, I, I think you're right about about all the the things about that Arizona game. This was very close, and I think you said something about this um, in the preview to the Arizona game that this this could have easily been like that Falcons game in 2019, um, where they just got for absolutely no reason lost to that Falcons team that wasn't very good. And um, so it's it's good to see that the it, and and you, you you said this like th- the ability that this offense has to sort of carry the team even when the defense is struggling and that was something that uh, I, I think was not true of of earlier uh, versions of this team with with Jimmy Garoppolo and and so I think as you said a testament to Brock Purdy for for sure but um yeah I'm uh I'm glad to have that sort of uh, trappy game out of, out of the way there is there is one more I think left to left to play but depending on how um 
how things go this weekend. It it may matter slightly less, but you know you hope to 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 not have to to be too concerned about that Commanders game coming up uh, on New Year's Eve. But that's not what we need to focus on today. Obviously, uh, this is the preview for the upcoming. Uh, Monday night football Christmas night game against the uh, Baltimore Ravens And what I think uh, the big conversation is around this game is that it's you know, obviously the two best teams in their respective conferences at this particular point, the, both teams coming in at, with identical 11 and three records. And that of course that conversation leads to, is this a Super Bowl preview and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know this is something that's on, on your mind, that whole conversation about the Super Bowl preview and all that. So I don't know if you had any thoughts about that before we get into it. Yeah. Um, I definitely think these are the teams most likely to meet in the Super Bowl. I think the Ravens have kind of cracked the code in an AFC that's been really weird and really all over the place. And we'll talk about all the ways in which they're a really, really great team. You know, they've had a couple bad losses, but so have the 49ers. So is everyone in the NFL this year. And, you know, I think the 49ers, as difficult as it is as a fan to, you know, get excited and really be like, yeah, I think they're going to make it to the Super Bowl and, you know, actually have a ton of conviction in that and not <laughs> like set yourself up for a failure. I think, like, they've demonstrated they're the class of the NFC. So I do think these two teams might meet in February, but I have an article coming out in a couple of days at most that kind of goes into why I don't think this game is, like, a referendum on the game in February. I think it's really easy to, like, see two teams meet and immediately be like, this is how it's going to be if they meet in the playoffs. And I think for some games that's true, right? Like, you get a team. I'm trying to think of a team that'll um, like if they run on the Cowboys or the Eagles or or the Rams again, yeah. right? That kind of thing. Yeah, like definitely. I think the Rams are a good example. Like that Week 18 game against the Rams. Assuming that the stakes are all the same, if you have to turn around and play that Rams team again, I don't think that like extra week or two of preparation really changes much, right? Like you know this team. You know what they're going to do. They know what you're going to do. You just got to like you got to you got to just be better than them and execute better. But, you know, the Ravens are such a unique and talented team. They um, they benefit a lot from from playing NFC teams. And again, all these things are things we'll talk about as we talk more specifically about them. But they're a matchup that I think you get them in the regular season versus you get them in the Super Bowl with two weeks to prepare. and. You know, you're not really worried about no one is like trying to get healthy for the playoffs. No one is like really like taking it 50 percent. There are no trap games. There's no, oh, it's just another regular season game. (laughs) Right. You know, there's a lot of there can be really, really different like teams going up Christmas versus going up Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, I think th- I think that makes sense. So, you know, even if even if the Niners lose this game, it doesn't mes- necessarily mean that they would they would definitely lose the game in February if they faced off again or vice versa or anything like that. I think that's that's I think that's true. I think there's a lot of other circumstances coming into play for sure. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's certainly a case to be made that uh, this will be how it'll shake out. But obviously we got 
a lot of time left before before then. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's talk about a couple of other things related to uh, this matchup that's coming up on Monday. Uh, unfortunate uh, bit of news for Kalia Davis, uh, the defensive tackle for the 49ers, who had just gotten a chance in the last couple of weeks to really come into this team and, and make a difference. And he uh, suffered a high ankle sprain on um, on Sunday against the Cardinals. And so he'll go to IR. Um, conceivably, because uh, that's a, at least a four-week thing. That means um, it's Ravens. It, he definitely misses the Ravens game. He definitely misses the um, <clears throat> the Commanders game and the Rams game. Um, I, I guess is, is it a, it's a weak thing, right? So it wouldn't matter if, like, if they got the number one seed, he would theoretically be available for the divisional game if because the, the, the wild card week would count, right? Is that... As far as uh, adding him back to the roster, I think that would be true. Um, I'm not sure how that works once the playoffs begin. I think that's a it's kind of a weird thing. Um, they then elevated Jeremy McNichols to the active roster, the 53-man roster, to take Kalia Davis's spot, and they signed defensive tackle Taylor Stallworth to the practice squad, um, who serves as cover for what is becoming an a a a a thinning position in the middle of the defensive line. Um, obviously. Uh, we've missed Eric Armstead uh, the last two weeks and Javon Hargrave the last week. Um, but it is that is going to be something to watch out for um, as we're recording. It's it's Friday afternoon for me and much later in the day for Akshaz at this point. But um, we don't really know. We know that Armstead didn't practice on and Hargrave didn't practice on um, um, Thursday, which is essentially the Wednesday for a normal week because it's a Monday night game. Um, but uh, it'll be really interesting to see what happens with them. Those those two guys, are, I think, are really a key part of this matchup as we saw how much they struggled to, to stop the run. Um, so hopefully that's just like precautionary. Like these guys are, are veterans who don't necessarily need the reps out there, but let's get them, get them ready to play. Hopefully that's something we're going to be looking forward to on Sunday. I mean, totally agree with everything you said, but let's just talk about Jeremy Nichols for a hot second because, <laughs> you know, he's um he was the fourth running back on fifth running back essentially on this team, but his special teams play. I mean, every practice squad call up. Then when they ran out of him, they cut him, brought him back, and he's just he's now on the fifty three. That's exactly the kind of grind out uh, NFL roster spot story that the that always seems to happen. So super interesting there, but yeah, you know, also a bit of a referendum on Ty Davis price that he absolutely got I mean, cut, got cut, got brought back to the practice squad. And then they immediately go to somebody else when a roster spot opens up. I mean, we could probably, which might speak more to how, how obsessed we are about this team. We could probably speak for an hour on Ty Davis price and the 49ers running back decisions at large. Yeah. But um, I think, um, you know, it sucks for Kalia Davis. He um, missed all of last year with an injury, as you mentioned. And just like was starting, he was playing pretty well, I'd say. Mm-hmm. They were really high on him for the quickness he could bring in the pocket and to get hurt again. I mean, this is, one of, this is kind of one of those situations where NFL careers can get derailed before they even get started simply because you don't get enough snaps. And by the time you're able to get on the field, the team has passed you by. So, yeah. you know, I, 
as you mentioned, defensive line and defensive tackle in particular is really thinning out. I'm sure you and Peter talked about this, but I thought that was a huge part of the Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. Essentially the fact that they had no bodies on the inside to do anything. And, you know, we'll talk about injuries and if those continue to play a factor, this is part of what I was saying, you know, the Ravens have had injuries too, but against the number one rushing offense in the NFL, not having your starting defensive tackles, that's a, I consider that a big deal. And barring a catastrophic injury, those guys would be playing in February. So just a different mm-hmm. complexion to the game if they can't go in. It'll be a challenge. I think, you know, 49ers could be up for it, but it just, it just thins out a unit a lot because now you've got Javon Kinlaw, you've got Kevin Givens, and then you're just slotting defensive ends in at defensive tackle. Yeah. Like you've run, you've run through your actual defensive tackle depth. Yeah. I'm um, T Y McGill is on the practice squad still as well. So he could be another, another body that we see in there, but it certainly is uh, something to watch out for, um, for sure. Um, but we'll see, hopefully later in the week, we'll get a better by, but by, by the time you're listening to this, you may have a better understanding of <laughs> where those two guys are. Um, there are some other injuries to note. Um, Elijah Mitchell continues not to practice. Um, Cleveland Farrell was limited with an ankle injury. Unfortunately, uh, Juwan Jennings appears to be in the concussion protocol, so that's not super great either. Um, just for the physicality that he brings that you think would be a really good fit, um, against this equally kind of aggressive Ravens defense. Um, and then, um, obviously Oren Burks and Ross Dwelly still on, uh, still not practicing, but Spencer Burford is uh, full practice, um, as is down or Lenore. Uh, who had a knee and rib injuries, uh, respectively. I don't know. I tend to think that Burford is probably the backup right guard at this, or the backup guard at this particular point, because uh, I think that um, John Feliciano has done really well in his uh, in his stead. That would be my expectation that Burford would probably slide in. It's like a, a backup guy at this point. Yeah, I think so. I mean, Feliciano's played so well. I really do think they'd try to. Um try to get some of the rotation going because they really seem to. They've been wanting to do that for weeks now. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, Feliciano great. I mean, I think I definitely panned the signing when it happened. I was like, all right, is this really the Brunskill replacement? But he's been fantastic and that's all Mm -hmm. you need. You know, that's all you need for this offensive line. That's really gelling. And they've got a, they got a great, you know, unit kind of, coming together and it's a huge bonus because Brock Purdy has been electric when they've been able to block, but the Juwan <laughs> Jennings one I want to mention is that's a huge injury first because, you know, concussions are horrible and hopefully he, um, he recovers and gets through that protocol and then, you know, takes all the time he needs. But on top of that, Jennings offers this like additional like pressure essentially as a blocker, as a physical presence, and against the Ravens, he's like definitely a guy you'd want on the field. So, big injury if he's still unable to go. Hopefully, you know he kind of goes through the protocol, but you never know. Yeah, 
um, something to watch out for, for sure. So those are, I think those are the, a couple of big names to, to pay attention to. Um, from the Ravens' side, they have a couple of guys in the co- concussion protocol as well. Uh, defensive back Jalen Armour Davis is in the concussion protocol along with offensive tackle Ronnie Stanley. Uh, it looks like Stanley's a little further along than Armour Davis is. Uh, Armour Davis didn't practice, whereas Stanley was limited. So I think that's probably maybe a step ahead there. Um, Odell Beckham didn't practice with an illness um, on Wednesday. Uh, Zay Flowers limited with a foot injury. Uh, Malik Ham has an ankle injury, but he was a full go. Uh, An outside linebacker, uh, cornerback Arthur Mallett uh, limited with a knee injury. And then free safety Marcus Williams limited with a groin injury. So not as many names there, but a couple of, of standout ones for sure. Um, especially if they end up with some some depletion or limitation with their uh, receiving core with Beckham and, and Flowers. That would be something to watch out for. And Ronnie Stanley, if he's not able to go, that would be a pretty big miss as well. Yeah, I think Stanley has been really struggling with a couple of things throughout the entire year. But huge, huge player. Beckham has finally been coming on for their offense, so... You know, that's another guy. I mean, this is kind of this is kind of kind of what I was getting at is injuries play such a huge role and, and you know, they're not excuses by any means, other than like inevitable, like you just can't feel the competitive team anymore, then you can kind of say, Okay, there's not much to do here, but it definitely means that this game will have a different flavor than any game in Super Bowl Sunday. But I think Stanley, if he can't go, that's the that's the guy you're looking at the most because the 49ers getting that pressure on Lamar Jackson and being able to bring him down that can um that can prove huge in this game. Yeah, will certainly be something to watch out for, Spe- specifically because even uh, with a guy, and I'm sure we'll get into this more with a guy like Lamar Jackson, pressure is not the only <laughs> thing that you need to worry about with somebody like that. Um, you know, when a quarterback is its team's leading rusher, that that probably tells you a lot of things um, about his quality as a player. But um, all right, so this is uh, you know the biggest matchup I think remaining on the schedule for the 49ers. Probably, um, depending on how the next two games go, that Rams game may mean more than we want it to. Obviously, the one of the benefits of what happened over the weekend, over last weekend, was 49ers kind of gained a little ground uh, with losses by the Eagles and and the Cowboys um, in that number one seed uh, competition or whatever it might be. Uh, so it means that if they win two out of the next three, no matter what happens, they are the number one seed uh, more uh, at, th- at that point. Um, but it would be really nice to be able to nick, <laughs> nip that in the bud and get it over with in these first two games rather than have to leave it to the last two games. And then you make that week 18 game really important. And with the Rams' current playoff situation, they're currently in uh, the playoffs uh, if the season ended right now. Um, but it's not not a not a lock that they're going to get in quite yet. They lo- they won last night against uh, the Saints, who are apparently not very good. Shocking. Um, and uh, although they tried to give the way the game late, I understand it's kind of funny how that worked out. Um, but yeah, so that will be interesting to watch. But um, yeah, I think this is certainly the biggest game left on the on the schedule. Uh, in terms of the marquee matchup and all that kind of stuff. We also don't know when that last game is going to happen yet. Um, I imagine we'll hear pretty soon whether or not that's going to be a Saturday or a Sunday game um, leading into uh, the final weekend of the season. Um, imagine a lot of it will have to do with whether or not it matters or not, right? Uh, but... Uh, so let's let's move into the reasons for optimism and the reasons for concern. So Akshaz, 
Uh, you can go ahead and get us started. Re- reason for optimism for this uh, tough matchup against the Ravens. All right. So I think it's important to start everything off by just by saying the Ravens are like a really, 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 really good team. And this is not going to be one of those, oh, they're just more talented situations than I like to say basically for more than half of the schedule. No, this team is legit. But their defense, which ranks first in the NFL in yards allowed per play and second in total yards per game, allows 4.29 yards per carry and allows 102 yards per game. And I think essentially their passing defense is much better. It allows only 4.91 yards per play, 185.7 yards per game. I think the Ravens in many ways kind of mimic the 49ers. And the 49ers mimic the Ravens as well and being very possession-based. But the difference is the 49ers run game is one of the best in the NFL. The Ravens run game is also one of the best. But I think the 49ers have kind of had a couple – weird outlier games where they've been gashed you know like the cardinals game for example that's like that's an aberration that's not really you wouldn't consider that normal run defense in a normal situation for the 49ers i would hope and i do (laughs) and i do think that's the place where the 49ers can really take advantage or attempt to take advantage of this game it's just on the ground christian mccaffrey jordan mason get a lot of yards there kind of take it to the ravens and then that feeds into everything, you know. There's a whole – there's an analytics argument that you don't need to run the ball for play action to work because the threat of the run is, in fact, more valuable than the run itself. But what I can tell you to be true is that if the 49ers can limit the amount of time Lamar Jackson has the ball and maximize the amount of time they have the ball, they're going to win this football game. Because at the end of the day, when you have a really good offense on the other side – you want to make sure that they don't get the ball as much as you can. And though the 49ers are talented enough to go down the field in a hurry and score a lot, I can see this being a game where they just run the ball, they go behind big Trent Williams, and they take advantage of a Ravens defense, which despite being really, really good across the board, their one weakness, and I put weakness in the biggest quotation marks <laughs> you can hear, is their defensive line. That's the one unit that's not like incredibly elite. And I think that's where the 49ers with their offensive line playing as well as it has all season can take advantage. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. 
everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real Traveler Reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Yeah, uh, that was that was definitely where I was going to go with that as well. I think um, it's it's kind of funny you look at at. At, at like on pro football reference and you look at the the Ravens seasons and it's and their defense is like first and points points allowed second and yards allowed um third and first downs allowed fourth fourth and and fumbles created i suppose first and in, in touchdowns allowed passing touchdowns allowed first and rushing touchdowns allowed they've only given up four rushing touchdowns all season uh which is kind of crazy but also probably tells you a little bit about game situations and all that kind of stuff and then there's this one these two glaring outliers 30th in attempt in passing attempts attempts allowed which just means that they've they've played they've they run up against a lot of plays actually um they get they have 530 passing attempts that they've that they've that they've given up which is a lot um and then 333 rushing attempts which is actually fourth in the nfl so kind of a weird disparity there but then that 21 um, which is where they are in terms of yards per attempt allowed, 4.3, basically, as you as you noted. So um, if there's a place to get them, then that that is it. Um, I think the Rams ran the ball like nine times in a row to start the game last week. Um, and so that's that's got to be part of the plan is to, to figure out a way to to run the ball and run it effectively and to really sort of this is this this is going to be a strange game because these are two offenses that score score very well um they're among both both are in the top five uh in in points scored but their defenses are also very very stingy in terms of points allowed uh the niners are second in the nfl in points points against and the the rams are first as i noted um 16.1 for the rams and 16 or sorry for the ravens and 16.7 allowed for the 49ers so it's basically the same because you can't score 0.1 or 0.7 points in in a game like this um so I think it's going to be the onus is going to be on Kyle Shanahan to to figure out a way to run the ball effectively and then to also figure out what's the sort of response to that, because you got to think the Ravens are going to go, OK, well, the Rams did this to us and and Kyle Shanahan is a smart guy and he's going to figure out what what's what what am I gonna, what are we going to do? Um, they the, the their defense is. um they they gave up 128 yards to the Rams, but then just 75 rushing yards to the to the Jacksonville Jaguars. That kind of makes sense. The Jags just don't they're not as effective as running the ball. But they've had some 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 games where they've been gouged on the on the ground. 136 against Cincinnati, 178 against the Browns in their in their loss a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 129 against the Cardinals, 129 against the Titans, uh, and then 139 in an overtime game against the the Colts. One of their other losses on the season. Um, and in fact, the only loss that they've sustained this year where they haven't given up 100 points is 80 is when they gave up 87 to the Steelers and lost a weird 17 to 10 game um, week five. But I think that's, as you know, that's where the that's that's where you can get them. Um, there, there's also 
while this defense is very good um, and they do a lot of good things, one thing that's notable is they're um, not like a massive turnover machine when it comes to uh, interceptions. So their pass defense, and that might be just they just don't see um, they, they're just not giving up a lot of yards. And so that's part of it. But the volume is high, as we talked about in terms of attempts. So it's very interesting that, that they've only uh, they only have 11 interceptions on the year, um, which is just 15th in the NFL as opposed to uh, the 49ers defense, which has 19. But that gives you the, shows you the gap between first and 15th. It's just four interceptions. So um, all things to watch out for. Um, and then from the other side of the ball, obviously, we'll talk about their the Ravens strength in a, in a minute, as as we as I'm sure we will. Um, but their their passing offense is is OK. Um, they're pretty efficient. Uh, they are average six point six yards per attempt um, net yards per attempt. But they they don't they don't have they don't have a ton of yards. They're 20th in the league. There's under three thousand yards passing so far this year. And they just don't attempt to pass the ball very frequently with 31st in the NFL in, in passing attempts. So something to watch out for. If you can force them into situations where they have to have to pass the ball exclusively, that might be a, a, a way that you can get them. And if you can control the game, that will be how that will work. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's a relative weakness of their offense. But right. <laughs> they're still like in the same. I mean. It's interesting because it's very similar to the way the 49ers operate in theory, right? The 49ers are a run team that, like, they get a lot of run action going. Shanahan wants nothing more than to just pound the ball and take a win. But the 49ers have, like, incorporated this explosive passing element that's, like, seamlessly been added. Whereas I think the Ravens are in the process and are, like, getting much closer to their finalized form of passing than where the early season might suggest when they were kind of like adjusting to offense coordinator Todd Monken's scheme and system and the new players and weapons they've added. So I just think the end result is definitely if you can get the ball out of Lamar Jackson's hands, that's that's what you want. Then mm-hmm. this is a pr- this feels like a good segue into the <laughs> things to be concerned about. Just which a little is, bit. Um, 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 number eight for Ravens Lamar Jackson is one of one in the NFL and it's very rare you can say that about a player but he is by far the most electric athlete at quarterback he might be one of the most electric athletes just period the NFL and but beyond that and I think you mentioned right he's the leading rusher for the Ravens now part of that's because there's been some injuries and they do a running back by committee thing so not a ton of, you know, runs for everyone else, but he's like begun the transition. And Nick Bosa mentioned this in the pregame pressers. Jackson gets into the pocket and is looking to pass. And that wasn't always the case. This certainly wasn't the case the last time these teams met in 2019. A rainy, mucky game against two potentials, another Super Bowl preview that the 49ers lost, but only one of those teams ended up making the Super Bowl, and it was the 49ers. Um, I just think he's like, he's finding that perfect balance of his talent where he's always a threat to run the ball and that forces defenses to play him differently. But he's like figuring out how to get the ball down the field as efficiently and effectively as possible. And like looking for that primarily that makes this entire team so much more dangerous. I mean, I think the 49ers 
had an extreme game plan against Jalen Hurts, and it seems as though their plan is to be more traditionally focused on their pass rush, as they usually are. But then you run the risk of allowing Jackson to get cutback lanes and get outside the pocket and make some moves. I mean, missed tackles have been a huge issue for the 49ers, and you can throw <laughs> that up against you throw that up against Lamar Jackson. That's a that's a touchdown waiting to happen. So another, I mean, I think it's the run game more generally that's an issue without your starting defensive tackles or even with them. Just you got to have gap discipline and you got to be able to tackle up. And the 49ers have lacked in both those things a little bit. That's the one place where they can kind of, they can get lax. They might not be fully engaged in the run game. But Jackson is, he's unique. And I'll wrap this up just with an insane stat, which is that Lamar Jackson is 19 and three against NFC teams in his career. And two of those first three of these three losses were his first two games against NFC teams when where he, I don't even think he actually started. Or if he did, he was pulled quickly because he threw like five passes in both. So excluding those two, he has lost one game to an NFC team his entire career. And I think that's because he's such a unique player. Your defense can't get completely prepared for him in one week because mm. it's going to be something that like you haven't seen the rest of the season. And if you don't see it very often, you're not even thinking about it. Right. Like yeah. the 49ers don't have to be like, how do we stop Lamar Jackson? They'll be like, ah, we barely play him, but now he's here. So <laughs> you got to figure, you got to, you got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's correct. And I, I alluded to this on the, the post game pod with with peter talking about the the cardinals and i actually wrote about the the missed tackle problem that they've that they've had over the you know up and down throughout the season i think there's been there's been a couple of games here and there especially during the losing streak when we talked about the tackling uh, but it's been really obvious over the course of the last couple of weeks um, and i think that was like basically the the main reason that the card that the cardinals ran so effectively on them because um, if you look at the majority of their runs, there was a bunch of gash plays and then a bunch of nothing. Um, and so those gash plays, including that that long touchdown that they allowed late in the game, which didn't really amount to anything, but it, it happened and it showed it was just a couple of missed tackles and then the, the running back was gone. And I think that's that's something that you're going to have to watch out for, um, for sure, because if you do that to Lamar Jackson, he's going to he's going to eat you up. Um, obviously, they are going to be missing uh, Keaton Mitchell, who's been a kind of important part of their rushing game over the last a couple of weeks he tore as ACL, I believe, um, against um, last week uh, in their game against the Jaguars. So that's something to watch out for, for sure. Um, they're they're expected to, I think, if, either they, they have or they're going to or they have added Melvin Gordon from their practice squad onto the active roster. So that will be interesting to see how that works. Um, I don't think he's going to factor in too terribly much. It's, it's, it's really Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards. And then, um, you know, justice Hill will be that, that third option. Um, they don't really use any other runners really. Uh, um, they're not, they're not using any sort of trick, like jet sweep action too terribly much. Zay flowers has ran the ball eight times. Um, and, and that's pretty much it. Um, they, the, the, that's not really a part of their game. It's really just the running backs and Lamar Jackson and you figure out where the ball is and then you better get to it and tackle quickly. So um, 
that is certainly my concern as well. Um, and so really it's going to come down to the running games, right? I think that's, that's pretty safe to say that if the Niners can run the ball effectively and efficiently and keep the ball out of the Ravens hands, that they're going to be able to control the ball game. Um, I think that's, that's probably the, the, the easiest way to sum this one up. If there is an easy way to sum this one up, it's just like, which, which team is going to run the ball well enough to, 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 to control the game. And I think, um, if you had to just look at it on paper, you would say, well, if the 49ers can clean up their tackling, their run defense should probably be better uh, than the than the Ravens run defense as it as it stands. But obviously we don't play these games on paper. And so um, maybe that's unfortunate right now. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, this is certainly a, a concerning game uh, in that this is just a, a matchup that if, if you think about what. I mentioned that I, I think I mentioned this before. The Cardinals are sort of like the the sort of mini version of this um, of of this Ravens team with a much better defense, and so that's kind of the main thing that concerned me. Concerns me if you if you let you let the Cardinals run all over you. Now some of it was again big chunk plays. There was a lot of chunk plays in that game that they gave up, um, but this Ravens game Ravens. Ravens team is certainly capable of, of big chunk runs, and so that's going to be the thing to watch out for. And if they can't stop them, then they have a really hard time controlling this game. Yeah, I mean, I t- I totally agree. Like it com- it comes down to whether or not the 49ers tackle well more than anything. I think I don't have a good answer for you, honestly, on whether they will. I just think it's like. <laughs> It's it's one of it's one of the most ridic- ridiculous aspects of this team is that like I cannot guarantee that the 49ers will will do the most fundamental like part of defense well, but yeah. you know it's um it's a tough game it's a great game I mean I think we were hyping up 49ers Eagles just as like a real clash between two fantastic teams this is that game, but on steroids, I'd say only because you rarely see these teams play. And whenever they play, almost always it's important. I mean, in 2019, it was a Super Bowl preview again. And the difference was the 49ers then weren't like this established like machine of they're close, but they need to get over the hump. That was that team like figuring out, oh, we're good. Like we can win. And, you know, the Ravens were their, like, big, big test. It was another really, really good team, one of the best teams, and just seeing if are we on that level. And they played pretty close, but the Ravens did just enough that game. And then, of course, skip over the Tom Sula game, and then you get um, (laughs) Super Bowl. So two out of three. Two out of three. Two games have been, like, huge magnitude. Obviously nothing bigger than the Super Bowl. But then another like big like quote unquote season defining like matchup. Who's the team that's gonna work? And you know, it's gonna be um it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out because you don't get these matchups very often. So it's gonna be exciting for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I just look. I just hope it doesn't ruin um it doesn't ruin our our Christmas. That's all. It's the end of the day, I guess. So. Worst thing is that it just ruins the next day, which is fine. Um, yeah, but a lot of similarities between the 2019 game. They were both 10 and two going into this game. They're both 11 and three heading into this game. Um, as you said, um, it was it was a back and forth affair. Um, 
and it was tied at 17 heading into the fourth quarter. And the only score in the, in the fourth quarter was a Justin Tucker field goal as time expired to end the game. So um, something to watch out for. Um, the the Ravens ran the ball particularly well, but both teams actually did. If you look at the statistics from that one, that was very, very similar game uh, game plan for, for both teams and very similar outcomes for both teams um, in terms of that. But you got to think the difference here is that if the 49ers passing offense can can elevate itself above the 15 for 21 for 165 yards that they managed uh, from Garoppolo in that game that they'll you'll probably be feeling pretty good about it. Um, so, yeah. All right. Well, it's that time. Uh, it's the time to to commit to to something. So this will be the point at which during our other major matchups um, that's uh, let's see. I think I predict a close game you predict a loss and then they blow them out so let's see maybe that'll happen i don't know but Akshas, what do you think I, I i i could see this game going in a lot of different ways i think it's close either way though i think this is a game that that more than likely neither team is going to run away with this one now having said that that's <laughs> that's a statement that i've said a couple of times this season and it hasn't gone that way um, but the 49ers have yet to be blown out, and I don't think that's going to happen. But, Akshaz, what do you think is going to happen? You know, um, you mentioned we have this pattern every time we say game support. <laughs> and, and I honestly was not thinking of that. But I, I agree. It's going to be a close game. I just I can't get over 19, like being 19-1 and one against the NFC. I really do think they're like, there's something there about that because not because like Jackson is like, you know, a gimmicky player by any means. I just think he's so like uniquely talented that it's one of those things where like, you don't really know like how mm-hmm. fast he is and how explosive he is unless you play him, you know, in the same way, like players can know that Tyreek Hill is fast, but you get on the field and he goes by you and you're like, Oh wait, he's really fast. Like I think Jackson's just, he's that type of player. You know, we talked about the Ravens defensive line, but their linebackers are probably the second best tandem in the NFL behind the 49ers. Their secondary is young and very talented. I mean, there's just a lot of talent all around. Um, The 49ers can afford to drop a game. Obviously they don't want to, one more win is one win closer to the first seed. But as you mentioned, with the events of last weekend, namely both Philly and the Cowboys losing, the 49ers have bought themselves extra cushion. So I would say I'm feeling 21-17 Ravens on top. I just think it's going to be one of those games. It'll be a little ugly. It'll be a yeah. little close, a little grimy. but. I, I mean, I don't think that means the 49ers lose the Super Bowl to the Ravens by any means. I would like to stress that for like, I feel like the 20th time on this <laughs> podcast. But um, it just, it feels like one of those games that like, it'll be close and you look back and you'll say, oh, there's a tackle that should have been made. There's a catch that should have been passed that should have been caught type of game. You flush mm-hmm. it down, you move on, and they wrap up the one seed against the Rams. Well, and if there is a game that you want that you that you should be okay with losing, I guess that's a horrible way of saying it. It's this one because Peter and I talked about it. The the tiebreaker they hold over the 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 Lions, if it comes to that, is conference record, um, and they're nine and one in the conference right now, having only lost to the Vikings. So 
if you're if you're like you have to lose one of these three final games, um, then losing to the AFC team game, the AFC team is the best way to go with that, because then you maintain that then you'd finish 11, one, 11 and one in the conference and, and have the tiebreakers over the next three teams that are closest to you. So that's not terrible. Um, I, I don't like it because this Ravens team bothers me, but for some reason, just because you don't see them very frequently, but it seems like every time they come up on the schedule that you that we've lost them in the last what 10 15 years um and so that's not that's not great um yeah uh but i'm 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 going i'm going the other way cuz i'm i'm cuz i'm going to i'm going to hold on to our to our uh our pattern here and so i'm going to go it's a close win uh but it's not a win that you're going to be like yay that was a lot of fun i enjoyed watching that game um i'm going a little a little higher scoring as you were trying to ruin this the, the number 17 for everybody for us i don't know if you realized that but if that was the final score it'd be the fourth fourth loss all four losses with the 49ers scoring 17 points uh so that ruins it for everybody but no big deal um i'm going 28 23 a little higher scoring than 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 you uh predicted but um, so that means for those of you keeping score at home, I believe the spread is five and a half points. Um, Akshaz and I are telling you don't don't bet the against the spread is what we're trying to tell you. Like bet the Ravens one way or the other, either straight up or against the spread, and you'll feel good about yourself if you believe anything that we say. <laughs> Which is like just saying because I I always like say bet stuff as you all know from hearing me. This is not a particularly profitable enterprise on my behalf. So take <laughs> take my predictions with a great salt. Yeah. You know, if I was always right, I'd be a I'd be much richer than I am now. Very true. Very true. Wouldn't we all be? Wouldn't we all be? Um. All right. Akshay, any uh, final thoughts to wrap this one up before we uh we put it put it to bed and uh then just get ready for the weekend. Um. Just you know to all our listeners out there um hope you have a great holidays and a merry christmas if you celebrate it just want to thank you for listening to us and you know it's a treat that the nfl is giving us football on christmas that the 49ers are playing right robert said there's a chance that we go to bed like deeply frustrated with everything that happened but you know, we talked about thanksgiving potentially being ruined and it went the other way it was one of the greatest feelings yeah, exactly. So, you know, just thanks for listening and get excited for a fantastic game. It's going to, I mean, no matter how it goes, even if it's like a 6-3 game where each <laughs> offense collectively forgets how to move the ball more than five yards, I still feel like it'll be a fun one because these are just too good of football teams for something interesting to not happen. So it's a great matchup. and. It'll be a lot of fun. I don't know if I'll go so far as the 6-3 matchup would be fun. But anyway, um, Jake Moody redemption game. There you go. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, echo uh, Agshaz uh, and your uh, your well wishes for the holidays. And Merry Christmas to everybody for those who celebrate and for whatever holiday that you celebrate during this time. Um, I hope it's a good one with friends and family and the 49ers don't ruin it too bad for us. But as always, thanks for listening to this episode of the Niner Noise Podcast part of the fan-sided podcast network. Please uh, continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis. And be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.